بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فقال الله سبحانه وتعالى في محكم تنزيله بعد نعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ففروا الى الله اني لكم منه نذير مبين وقال النبي صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم إن الله يبسط يده بالنهار ليتوب مسيء الليل ويبسط يده بالليل يتوب مسيء النهار أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام My dear respected brothers and sisters, respected elders and dear friends Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive all of us on this night of forgiveness, the Laylatul Bara'ah which means emancipation, emancipation and freedom from the fire of Jahannam. And this is not necessarily a night for long talks and discourses, but rather this is a night for dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a night to seek His forgiveness, a night of dhikr and ibadah and sadaqah. But just to encourage us, we would like to go over some of the virtues of this night that are mentioned in the Sahih Hadith, in the Hassan Hadith, and a hadith that have different levels of weakness. Some are more authentic than others. And we try to cover that insha'Allah. I did not want to necessarily make this more of an academic discourse as there are different times for that. But this is rather a time for us to reflect over our sins and cry in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As far as uh, the nature of this night is concerned, like many other aspects of our deen, you know, there are two extremes when it comes to Laylatul Bara'ah. And the reality is somewhere in between. On one extreme, we have those who absolutely deny any virtue for this night. And they say it is just like any other night. And believing that it has any virtue is a bid'ah, it's an innovation. Absolutely no significance whatsoever. Uh, and then on the other hand, we have those who have made it the most important night of the year and have started attributing different things to this night which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually revealing about Laylatul Qadr uh, they apply those ayat even ayat meaning inna anzalnahu fi Laylatul Qadr that has not been applied to Laylatul Bara'ah however in Surah Dukhan uh, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says fi Laylatul Mubarakah in Surah Dukhan, this ayah has been applied to Laylatul Bara'ah whereas the most authentic narration or tafsir of that is that that ayah is also referring to Laylatul Qadr and on top of uh, adding additional virtues which are not there, part of our deen different practices have been uh, added uh, different innovations which do not have any basis different false aqaid some believe that uh, it is almost like a Halloween concept where <laughs> the, the arwah, instead of ghosts they say the arwah and the souls of the deceased, of the deceased those who passed away from, uh, they come back and visit the homes and you know they prepare different meals for them different uh, food for them so these are many cultural things that happen in different places um, or lighting up good candles and, uh, and bright Christmas type of lights, the masajid 
or their graveyards. Visiting the graveyard, as we, if we get through it, we'll come to a hadith. There is a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam visiting the graveyard. But there are hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam visiting the graveyard uh, throughout the different days uh, of the month and throughout all the months of the year. In general, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would visit the graveyard. Aisha radiallahu taala anha. Uh, she narrates in this hadith that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam went to visit the graveyard, and it happened to be the fifteenth of Sha'ban. But if you notice in the hadith uh, that um, Aisha radiallahu anha says that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam left, uh, lay down in the bed with her, and then he got up after some time after it had seemed that she had fallen asleep, and he quietly leaves the house. So Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when he goes out, Aisha radiallahu anha. And due to the fact that she loved Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so much and she wanted his love as well and this is the excuse we give her that she felt a twinge of jealousy perhaps he has gone to visit another wife and she goes out to follow Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam but when she goes to follow him uh, she sees that he's walking towards the Baqi'ah the Baqi'ah al-Gharqad, the graveyard of Medina and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is raising his hands there and he's making dua for the forgiveness of the dwellers of Baqi'ah Assalamu alaikum ya dar qawmi mu'minin wa inna inshallah bikum lahiqun nasallallahu lana wa lakum aljannah nasallallahu lana wa lakum alafiyah he's making dua for the dwellers of baqir anything antum lana salaf wa nahnu bikum khalaf you have proceeded ahead of us and we will be joining with you soon so then uh, when he's concluding his dua he's turning around to come back then she starts uh, she turns around and starts running to get back to her room and she goes down into her bed and covers herself up. And she herself narrates the hadith. How do we know? Because she herself narrated it. And she wasn't hiding her, the facts. She gave the reality of what happened. Uh, whether it seemed in her favor or against her, because she narrated the entire story. And she said that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi came back, and he, he laid down, and then uh, she was breathing heavily. So he says, everything okay, you're breathing heavily. Then she admitted to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, uh, I feel so bad, but this is the thought that came to my mind, and this is how I followed you, and this is what you were doing. So if you think about it, visiting the graveyard, it happened, and, and that, in, in that narration, uh, it is mentioned that it was the 15th of Sha'aban, the night of the 15th of Sha'aban. First of all, tomorrow is the 15th, and tonight is, today was the 14th, but this night after Maghrib is known as the night of the 15th. Because Islamically, just so that we remember, remind ourselves, the night comes before the, the day. Allah Ta'ala says, وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَى Then He says, وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا تَجَلَّى First the night, then He mentions the day. Um, so, Alhamdulillah, the, the 15th of Sha'ban began from Maghrib. But Maghrib till tomorrow Maghrib. The same thing will happen uh, in Ramadan. So, when you say the 27th night, means it will be the 26th fast. And the night will be considered the 29th night, uh, tw- uh, 27th night uh, after Maghrib. Um, and the, la, that is why we perform the taraweeh first without fasting, right? When the first, when the Ramadan begins, Ramadan begins with the taraweeh after after Maghrib. Uh, we wait till then we have Isha, then we perform the taraweeh. Even though that first day we are not fasting, and the night before Eid, uh, we are not performing taraweeh, right? So the night comes before the day. When I mention Eid, people are already smiling. SubhanAllah, we are here 15th of Sha'ban <laughs> and then you know Ramadan is there. Now, Eid is for whom? Eid is for those who لَيْسَ الْعِيدُ لِمَنْ لَبِيسَ الْجَدِيدُ وَأَكَلَ الثَّرِيدُ 
right? The Eid is not for those who are, are enjoying it, but rather Eid is for the one, liman khaf al wa'id, the one who feared Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the one who fasted and subhanallah his fast were accepted his tahajjud was accepted his qiyam layl was accepted his sadaqat were accepted he was granted the tawfiq to gain forgiveness in the month of ramadan and he was among the udaqa in ramadan those were forgiven in ramadan and he was given the tawfiq to make ibadah laylatul qadr mimman wuffiqa bi qiyam laylatul qadr that individual is now celebrating celebrating this forgiveness and thanking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this tawfiq and this is the philosophy of Eid. And the philosophy of Eid is not uh, a product of the philosopher's own understanding, but is explicitly mentioned in the Quran. That you complete the days of fasting. Then you say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, This is the takbir Allah is mentioning here. Likewise, in the khutbah of the Eid, there's a khutbah every Friday, but uh, the khutbah of Eid is different. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would uh, mention in the beginning takbir nine times. So you may have noticed that the khatib on the day of Eid, he said, Allahu Akbar, 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 Allahu Akbar. Nine times. One time. Uh, one shot he mentions it nine times in the beginning. Thereafter, the khatib following Rasulullah sallallahu throughout the khutbah will say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. And in fact, it's not only limited to the khatib, all of the musalleen, as they are coming towards the Eid, they will be reciting the takbir. In Eid al-Fitr, they recite it softly. In Eid al-Adha, they recite it loudly. There are two sunnahs um, that are different between Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. One is the sunnah of the takbir, it is recited softly in Eid al-Fitr, loudly in Eid al-Adha. And one is the sunnah of eating something sweet before Eid Salah in Eid al-Fitr, and not eating before the Eid, but rather uh, eating the first thing is the meat of the udhiyah in Eid al-Adha. Easy way for the students to remind them, I say that, subhanAllah, imagine, uh, you know, fasting excessively in a month of Ramadan, a person may be weak uh, by fasting, so he needs, he recites the takbir softly. And Eid al-Adha, you're going to go out and battle with the animals and slaughter them, so you recite the takbir loudly. And this same theory will apply with respect to um, eating. Which one do you eat first, which one you don't? So in Eid al-Fitr, you eat first because you have uh, been weak, you need to gain some strength, so you eat something before you go. And in Eid al-Adha, uh, uh, you're going to slaughter the animal, so you want to eat that. So that is why it's sunnah to eat after the Eid. Plus the Eid al-Adha, the Salah would be performed very early, right after Ish, uh, Ishraq time, uh, 15 or so minutes after the sunrise. Then they will go and slaughter the animals and eat from that. So this is تشكرون, And the purpose of the Eid is so that you thank Allah Ta'ala for the blessings. So when it, so the Eid is after the Amal, we, we thank Allah, we praise Allah, we are happy, we are excited that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has given us an opportunity to worship and hopefully has forgiven us. Um, as one of our Salaf, he mentioned that everyone is happy on Eid, but I am confused. They asked, what are you hayran about? He said, I'm confused that I do not know, I do not know. 
who amongst us is accepted, so I may go congratulate him. And who amongst us is rejected, so I may give him consolation. Do I go say Mubarak or do I say Taziyat? Do I go congratulate or do I express my condolences? When a new baby is born, you say, wow, it's a congratulations on the birth of a baby. When someone passes away, we say, we express our sincere condolences on the death of your loved one. Now here I'm confused. I don't know which one it is. Subhanallah, in, in, in this statement, he expressed the, the reality. The reality is we do not know. But all we can do is khawfan wa tama'a. rabbahum. Khawfan They invoke their Lord, make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fearing rejection and hoping for acceptance. Khawfan Fearing rejection, hoping for acceptance. That is the reality of Iman. Bayna raja wal khawf, between hope and fear. So, in this hadith, subhanAllah, uh, it was, uh, he went and he saw the, uh, he went to make dua for the people in the graveyard and he came back. When he came back, uh, then he again continued with his salah. And he said this was the 15th night of Sha'ban. Now, Nabi Sallallahu would visit the graveyard throughout, as I said, uh, the different days of the week and different months of the year, as we find in the hadith, and in the day as well as in the night. And uh, he re- gave the virtues of it. Allah um, fazuruha, you should visit the graves. Uthkuru al Frequently remember that which will. Hadim uh, al means it will take your heart away from the. Uh, enjoyment of the worldly things that are beguiling you, making you forget the reality, al-maut, that is death. Frequently remember do- death. Kafabil mauti wa'ila. Death itself is a sufficient form of admonition and advice to remember death, that we have to leave everything behind. And everything that we are holding on to so dearly and we are loving so much is something that we have to leave behind. Rasulullah gave his example. He said, Ma ana wa dunya, ma ana wa dunya illa ka raqibin, istawalla tahta shajaratin, thumaraha fatarakaha. What is my relationship with this world? It is like a traveler who's traveling in the desert and it is a hot sun. And then finally, in the middle of the desert, he finds a tree, istawalla tahta shajaratin, and he takes, a shade, uh, takes a rest under the shade of a tree. Wahda means it's one tree. It's not that there is a whole grove of trees or it's an oasis with a beautiful garden. It's just one tree. So there's like one lone tree in the middle of the desert. It's not a, um, a very habitable place that you can enjoy time. So he lays down uh, to rest under the shade of that one tree. Uh, what is he going to do there? Nothing really uh, to sustain life around. So he's not planning to what? Stay there for a long period of time. He's just going to rest. Because he has to go on with his journey. This is not the end of the journey, this is the middle of the journey. Then he gets up and he leaves that tree behind. And he is focused on reaching the destination. Uh, and the destination uh, is where he's going to stay. So the period of time that this man is under the shade of the tree, that is the uh, similitude, that is the example of us in this worldly life. So to focus on death in that sense, to remind ourselves, subhanAllah, that we were born and we are going to die. That is a sure fact. Nothing else is sure, uh, we can be sure of besides death. Allah has created life and death. For what purpose? To test you. That is the purpose. Lam gives you the ta'alil, the reason. What's the reason of life and death? To test you, ayyukum ahsan wa amalahumas. You are, are more beautiful and have better deeds. Ahsan wa amala. Whose deeds are the best in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So when he went to the graveyard, when Aisha Radana went there, he did not, she did not say that, wow, the whole graveyard was lighted up with candles, and that all the Muhajirun Ansar were there, and Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, and Talha, and Zubair, and Abdurrahman, and Rawab, and Saad bin Abi Uqas, and Sayyid bin Zayd, all the Ashram Mubashara were there. No one was there. 
you know, he was alone there. And he was alone making dua, then he came back. Nor did he encourage everyone, you need to go tonight. So this is an example. Sometimes, this is what we see. When we see different innovations and practices that come into the ummah, uh, there is sometimes uh, some asal, meaning some original root of where it came from, and then it continues to take different shapes and forms over time and becomes something altogether different. So where in the world did the visiting the grave come from? Graveyard. Right? It came from this hadith in which the fact that it was Layl al was mentioned like, oh, that was, or it was the 15th night of Shaban. It was mentioned by the way. But then there's no encouragement that you need to go tonight. We need to go all the time. We can go every Friday. We can go uh, different days of the, of the year. Um, subhanallah. So this is where that uh, originated from. So different sweets and different uh, mitais and all kinds of different kheers and kundas and this and that. It doesn't, I mean, we don't really necessarily need to uh, speak about those practices and say they are incorrect because hopefully they are not actually happening here. Uh, but what we do see on the opposite uh, spectrum are those who absolutely deny the virtue of the night altogether. So that's why I wanted to cover some of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that speak about this night. Now, there are different ways we approach it. First is that we look at the virtues of the month. Uh, on a whole. There are so many ahadiths who speak about the month. Then there are those ahadiths who speak about the 13th, 14th, and 15th, these three. Then there are those that specifically speak about the 15th night. So there are ahadiths of all categories. We see that Rasulullah ﷺ, he mentioned the virtues of the month of Sha'ban. An Aisha radiallahu anha qalat kana Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yasumu hatta naqulu la yuftir wa yuftiru hatta naqulu la yasum fama raitu Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam istakmala siyama shaharin ila ramadan wama raitu akthara siyama minhu fi sha'ban this is Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim Nasai Abu Dawud so these Monday nights just like Lirat al-Bara it's not the only night to go visit the graveyard you can visit every every night. Likewise, Monday night is, uh, is not the only night we can come to the masjid. Every Monday night we have the Bukhari dars. Because this hadith is raw Bukhari, mentioned in Sahih Bukhari. So every Monday night we have the Bukhari dars. Uh, uh, so it's just a reminder, invitation to everyone. You can join us every Monday night, inshaAllah. This hadith is narrated in Bukhari. Aisha narrates that Rasulullah used to fast. And when he would start fasting, we used to say, oh, He's fasting so many days in succession that it seems like he's never going to stop fasting. He's going to fast like every single day. And then when he would not fast, meaning um, we're not talking about Ramadan, we're talking about outside of Ramadan. We would say that, wow, he's gone on a streak. He's so many days he's not fasting. Um, but Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we have seen one thing I can say for sure, because when you would fast, you'd fast so many days. When you would not fast, you would fast, uh, not fast so many days together. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did both. In Kitab al-Nikah, in Sahih Bukhari, there's the hadith of the three people. In the first bab, Babu Targhif al-Nikah, the chapter on encouragement to get married. In Kitab al-Nikah, the book of Nikah, in Sahih al-Bukhari, there's the hadith of the three individuals. They came uh, to ask Aswaj al-Tahara, the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu tell us about the ibadah of Rasulullah sallallahu So, she mentioned how much ibadah he used to make. Ka'annahum taqalluha. They thought, wow, you know, he is forgiven by Allah. He has not committed a sin. Even if he would have committed a sin, any past, future, present sins, if you would hypothetically commit them, they have already been forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But as a Nabi of Allah, all the Anbiya are ma'asum, divinely protected from committing major and minor sins prior to and post-prophethood. They're ma'asum min al-sagair. 
wal kabair so they are free protected from sins so despite that he's making so much dua so much istighfar so much he's crying uh, they said that uh, is that sufficient for us should we follow and do what he's doing so their logic was their qiyas their ijtihad their uh, approach of these three individuals was that considering uh, the fact that he's sinless considering the fact that Allah has already forgiven him he's doing so much and we have to do what not the same amount but we need to do above and beyond and more proportionate to our sins uh, so subhanallah they said that uh, one of them said, took an oath and he said that inni asumu abada I will fast every single day and the other one said kullahu. I will stand the entire night every night in ibadah never lay down and the third one said nisa. I will never get married so Rasulullah when this report reached him, Nabi came and advised him. And he said, Inni lillah lillah. I have the more fear of Allah than anyone. I have the most taqwa than anyone. And yet, he said, uh, I sometimes fast and sometimes I do not fast. And he said, I stand some portion of the night in ibadah and I lay down some portion of the night. Some portion of the night is not five minutes, by the way, not 10 minutes on the record, right? It means a major portion. So what does that mean? Stand up most of the night, short portion, you rest. One half, or one third, two thirds. So there are three options. Uh, one third, one half, or two thirds. Mentioned in Surah Al-Muzzammil. Muzzammil. Ya ayuhal? Muzzammil. So uh, in Surah Al-Muzzammil, this is mentioned. By the way, the reason I'm emphasizing that nobody pronounces the first shadda, right? This is my pet peeve, right? So what everyone in the world says, Muzzammil bhai, or Mudathir, right? You're lucky if you get one shadda, one tajdeed. Muzzammil. But who in the world says Muzzammil? Right? If you say that, in fact, somebody will say, why are you mispronouncing the guy's name? Uh, it's actually the correct one, right? Likewise, Mudathir. Dr. Mudathir, Mr. Mudathir, think in your family, Mudathir, bhai, whatever it may be, brother Mudathir. Uh, or uncle Mudathir. It's never Mudathir. If you say Mudathir, who's that? Right? So, uh, it's, so uh, there are different factors we should look at when we name our child, right? Amongst them is the ease of pronunciation. So, yeah, you have... When you're teaching Qaeda to the kids, the Tajdeed chapter is the hardest, right? The double letters, like Surah Al-Bayyana is the hardest. And the hardest du'a is Du'a Al-Qunut. <laughs> anyway, so uh, then we have, so this is Qumil Layla illa Qalila, one third, one half or two thirds. Allahu Akbar. So he said, Aqumu Arqud, I stand in Ibadah and I go to sleep. What is Abu Nisa and I got married. So this is what Aisha radiallahu ta'ala mentions here. Uh, we saw Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he Famaraitu, I did not see Nabi Sallallahu Shahran illa Ramadan. I did not see him ever completing the fast of an entire month except for Ramadan. Minhu fi Shaban. And I have not seen him fasting in any month as much as he was fasting in Shaban. So Shaban is a month in general, right? Because the fifteenth of Shaban is a date within Shaban, right? Obviously, by default. If it's the fifteenth of Shaban, it falls within. Shaban and the, in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would fast the most in Shaban. So that's one reason right away to fast tomorrow as well as fasting today and yesterday. In fact, these three days, they are known as Ayamul Bil. The actual full name is Ayamun Layaliha Bil. 
those days, the nights of which are bright. Beel means bright. And unless it's super overcast or London fog or something, the day is supposed to be bright. So every day is ayam beel, bright days. So why are they called bright days? They call bright days because the nights of those days are bright. Uh, so it's actually ayamun layaliha beel, those days, the nights of which are bright. Why are the nights bright? Because we have become so far away from nature and we are clued to our, you know, the, the, you know, we have other light, the blue light from our gadgets. So we forgot about the moonlight. One is the moonlight, one is the blue light. We got a filter from the moonlight and we're looking at the blue light. <laughs> so the moonlight is one less than the full moon on the 13th and the full moon on the 14th and one less again from the full moon on the 15th. So the 14th is what? Of the Islamic calendar we're talking, not the Gregorian solar calendar, the lunar calendar. The lunar calendar, the 13th, 14th and 15th, the night is one less than full moon, the full moon and one less than full moon. So these nights were bright. That's why they're known as Ayamun Layaliha Beel. Those days, the nights of which are bright. And then in short, they say Ayamun Beel. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would fast Ayamun Beel. Nabi Sallallahu would fast on Mondays and Thursdays. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would fast more in Ramadan, in Shaban than in any other month. So these hadith are all 100% authentic, super authentic, highest grade Bukhari level Sahih hadith. But when it comes to only singling out the 15th for fasting, Yes, there is weakness in that hadith. So where there's weakness, we'll say there's weakness. Where there's no weakness, we'll say there is no weakness. So when it comes to the 15, yes, there is weakness in that hadith. Uh, but there are so many other reasons to fast, as have been proven. So there's no reason not to fast. Um, then another hadith about the month of Ramadan is we see that قُلْتُ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ عَنُ سَامَ بْنُ زَيْدِ سَامَ بْنُ زَيْدِ رَضِي اللَّهُ عَنْهُ نَرَيْتِ قُلْتُ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ لَمْ أَرَكَ تَصُومُ شَهْرًا مِنَ الشُّهُورِ مَا تَصُومُ مِنْ شَعْبَانِ I see that. No other month of the year you're fasting as much as you fast in Sha'ban, meaning outside of Ramadan. Nabi said, This is a month that many people are ghafil and heedless of, and they're not benefiting from the virtues of this month between Rajab and Ramadan. Ramadan is Ramadan. Why Rajab? Because Rajab is one of the Ashurul Hurum, the sacred months. There are four sacred months in the year. Rajabul Farad means by itself, nothing preceding and after it. And then the three other months are together. Shawwal, Dhil Qada, Dhil Hajjah, these are the months of Islam. Right. So, uh, so Shawwal, Dhil Qada, and Dhil Hajjah, these three months are together. Then you have Muharram, Safar, Rabi'l Awwal, Rabi'l Thani, Jamaat al Jamaat al Thani, Rajab. Rajab. That's the number four. So, these four months are known as the Ashr al Hurum. Yisalunak an Shahr al Haram, Yqitalin fi. So, these are the four Ashr al Hurum. So, Rajab has its sacredness, and it had a sacredness in the era of Jahiliyyah as well. And even in Jahiliyyah, Jahiliyyah is Jahiliyyah, meaning uh, by default they're killing, murdering, pillaging, highway robberies. That's the norm. That's why it's called Jahiliyyah. But they would take a ceasefire, four months of the year, no attacks, no fights. They're, why they had this? So at least you can go ahead and do some business. The caravans can go from, and uh, get their job done, get the work done and make some money to survive the rest of the year. So that's why they had a uh, cessation of all attacks in these four months. But the thing is, if they're in the middle of battle and they want to attack somebody, then they would play around with the calendar. They would unilaterally declare, hey, you know what, this year it's not Rajab anymore, it's Safar. Or we're going to bring up uh, Shawwal. Just change the month. Why? Because you want to continue the battle. So this is called Nasi. Innaman Nasi wa Ziyadatun fil Kufr. They would be uh, tampering with the calendar. Uh, that's why uh, when it was with Hijjah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he performed the Hajj, it was the actual 
Zulhijjah. Uh, meaning it was the, the calendar was messed around so much, it was so distorted, 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 and then eventually ended up becoming correct. Like it was literally the correct date. That's why, it, it's, it, otherwise it's a super obvious question, what's the point? Nabi Wasallam on the 9th of Zulhijjah, in his address, he asked the Sahaba, Ayyu in Hadha, which month is it? They said the real month, in the, according to Allah, because they all knew they themselves were guilty of changing the calendar. They said, Allah Rasulullah so We really don't know what the true month is. So the Nabi Sallallahu said, this actually is Dhul-Hijjah. And then he said, you know, ayyu yawmin hadha, which date is this? They said, Allah Rasulullah because we messed around with the calendar. He said, no, this is the ninth of Dhul-Hijjah. Allah Akbar. So, so these are, so Nabi Sallallahu here is saying, Bayna Rajab or Ramadan, between Rajab and Ramadan, there is this month of Sha'ban, people are يَغْفَلُونَ نَاسُ عَنْهُ People are not paying attention to it. وَهُوَ شَهْرٌ تُرْفَعُ فِيهِ الْأَعْمَالُ إِلَىٰ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ This is the month in which the deeds are presented to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. The deeds are presented to Allah. فَأُحِبُّ أَنْ يُرْفَعَ عَمَلِي وَأَنَا صَائِمٌ This is Rawa Nasai وَأَحْمَدْ فِي الْمُسْنَدْ And I wish that my actions should be brought up to Allah in such a state that I am fasting. So this hadith also shows the virtues of this month. And there are other virtues of the month. We want to move on. Uh, we see, what about this night? This night we see Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu narrates from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ila khalqihi goes and looks at his creation. Special look. He's always looking. He's always sami'un li'aqwalikum and alimun bi'af'alikum hearing what we are saying and knowing what we are doing and watching what we are doing. But there's a special look of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why uh, there, there's a look of mercy of Allah. There's a look of anger of Allah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the punishment on the day of judgment for the, the disbelievers, He says, la yanzru ilayhim. He will not look at them. So does that mean that they are become invisible to Allah, Allah cannot see them? No. لا ينظر إليهم يوم القيامة لا يكلمهم الله يوم القيامة ولا ينظر إليهم He will not speak with them, he will not look at them. Not look at them means that he will not look at them with the eye of, with a glance of mercy and love. Allahumma fadlana, may Allah protect us from that. So over here, Allah will look at His creation. في ليلة النسم من شعبان And then 15th night of شعبان فيغفر لجميع خلقه Then He will forgive all of His creation إلا لمشرك أو مشاحنين Except for the mushrik, the polytheist who assigns partners unto Allah, or mushahin, the one who holds a grudge against people. So this is a major sin, holding a grudge against an individual. Any individual is such a major sin uh, that it will deprive a person of the forgiveness even on this night, mushahin. And this is a rampant disease that we all have. This is a rampant pandemic that we all have, that everyone is affected with, that we are holding grudges. Uh, it's, it's a lingering anger and a person is not able to overcome it and is not able to uh, just let go, let go and forgive the person. And we have so many examples of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam letting go, forgiving individuals. Uh, those who were pelting him in Taif, he forgave them. Right before his blood dried, he already forgave them and made dua. When the angels came and asked him to be, uh, give permission to squash the residents of Taif, he forgave them already. And the people of Makkah, he forgave them. They tortured him, they, they, were, they boycotted him for three years, which led to the death of his wife, Khadija al-Kubra, and his uncle Abu Talib, and subhanAllah, his dear Sahaba were tortured so much, to the point that they were expelled from the city. 
And when he comes back, they thought that they would be executed. And what did he say? I will not say anything more to you than the way Yusuf bin Ya'qub said to his brothers. What did he say? No blame upon you. May Allah forgive you. So not only will I forgive you, I will not even assign any blame to your actions. SubhanAllah. So this is the way uh, Rasulullah forgave. This is the way Abu Bakr Siddiq forgave. The one who attacked the honor of his daughter Aisha عنها, and accused her of adultery, he forgave him as well. In fact, he doubled his pension that he would give him. He doubled the stipend that he was giving uh, Mistah radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Allah ta'ala says, وَلَا يَتِلُوا الْفَضْلِ مِنْكُمْ وَسَعَةِ أَنْ يُعْتُوا إِلَى الْقُرْبَةِ وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَالْمُهَاجِرِينَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Why is it that uh, الْفَضْلِ People of virtue, like Abu Bakr, you have stopped spending on uh, this individual, Mistah radiallahu an, because he made this mistake. Uh, then Allah ta'ala says, أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ you should forgive and you should forget. Do not want Allah to forgive you. So when this ayah was revealed, Abu Bakr Siddiq said, Bala, why not? I wish Allah will forgive me. So he blessed the one who made this major, major crime and sin and mistake of his life, where he accused the wife of Rasulullah in the incident of ifk, the tafsir of which is in Surah An-Nur. So, this is something we have to be aware of. Let us remove the grudges in our heart. Let us purify our hearts, clean our hearts tonight. And every night, as it comes in the narration of the Sahabi Rasulullah saw an individual entering the masjid, no one knew who he was. And he said, this person is guaranteed Jannah. The Sahaba went back to investigate and they found no specific practice that was out of the ordinary. When they did investigation from his wife, they found out that before he would sleep, he would clean his heart uh, and not harbor any grudges. Then we see another hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. إِذَا كَانَ لَيْدُ النِّسْ مِنْ شَعْبَانَ يَتُرِعُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلِ لَا خَلْقِهِ فَيَغْفِرُ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَيَتْرُكَ أَهْلَ الضَّغَائِنَ وَأَهْلَ الْحِقْدِ بِحِقْدِهِمْ This also means that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Mentioned Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all of his creation except for the one who has grudges and hates. He leaves them in their enmity. He says, leave these two hatta yastaliha, leave them until they reconcile, leave them until they make sulah. And this is considered actually the highest form of akhlaq. And the reason it's the highest form of akhlaq and the most rewarding form of akhlaq is because it is the hardest. Yani there are different levels of akhlaq. There's one is that you yani feed somebody. Uh, feed somebody a little bit and you have a lot of food your own for yourself and for tomorrow and the next month you have food and for the next years you have food and you give a little bit away right that in fact is such a uh, minute action in that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam warned us do not belittle any good deed even if it may be if you have a whole bucket of water and you give one sip to somebody because it's the Decrease in the water you still have is negligent. It's not your last sip like in the battle of Yarmouk where they're dying of thirst and giving the water. That's higher level. They feed the food despite needing it. Like Ali radiallahu anhu, Fatima radiallahu anha, and Hassanin. Whole day they're fasting, they're about to have iftar. What is miskinan wa yatiman wa asira? First day a miskin poor comes, they give the iftar. Second day, miskinan. Yatiman, an orphan comes, they give the iftar. Fasting two days without suhoor, without iftar. Third day, they're fasting, and a seer, a prisoner comes, they give the food. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayah in the Quran, in Surah Al-Dahr, Surah Al-Insan. وَيَدْعِمُونَ طَعَامَ عَلَىٰ حُبِّي مِسْكِينًا وَيَتِيمًا وَأَسِيرًا 
This is about the family of Ali and Fatima and Hassanain, radiallahu anhum ajma'een. That, وَيُتْعِمُونَ الطَّعَامِ They are feeding the food عَلَىٰ حُبِّهِ Despite having the need and love for it. To the miskeen and the yatim and the asir. To the poor and the uh, orphan and the prisoner. إِنَّمَا نُتْعِمُكُمْ لِوَجْهِ اللَّهِ You're feeding for the sake of Allah. لَا نُرِيدُ مِنْكُمْ جَزَاءً وَلَا شُكُورًا We don't seek any thanks from you. So that's a higher level of akhlaq. Is that hard? It's absolutely hard. It's very hard. Putting the kids to sleep and uh, make, beguiling them with the pot that's boiling, right? We know the story. And then turning the lights off of the candle. Why? So that the guest of Rasulullah does not know that the host, father, mother, children, everyone are starving. And they are feeding the guests. وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ Hasasa, Surah Al-Hashr. Why am I mentioning this? It's because, guess what? These are levels of akhlaq, right? Could there be anything harder than that? Absolutely. You know what's harder than that? The scholars of tafsir say what's harder than that is forgiving someone. Really? Yes. Because it's simple to say it. I can say right now, I forgive everyone. It's very easy to say it. But you always, at the end of the day, if you go back and truly look into your heart and soul, you have not forgiven. It's lip service. To actually forgive the person from the bottom of the heart, not having any grudge whatsoever left, is very difficult. More difficult than feeding people and remaining hungry and thirsty. That's the reason I quickly went over a few stories of the Ansar of Medina and Ali Radhanu and these ayats of Hashar and Insan. To put it in Surah Al-Insan, Surah Al-Dahar, put it in perspective. So when the scholar is saying, this is the highest reward for forgiving, means Al-Ajru bi Qadr nasab The reward is proportionate to the difficulty. This is the principle. So the more difficult it is, the more rewarding it is. And the more reward, this is the most rewarding form of akhlaq, meaning it's the most difficult. And if you think, wait a second, how is it difficult? It's because it truly, at the end, you say, no, it's easy. How much money you have to spend? No money, no effort required, right? No physical effort required, no financial contribution required. You just sit in your place and you decide in your heart. But at the end of the day, the inside is like, oh, yeah, right? So taking, killing that is truly hard. And the one who keeps that, will not be forgiven. May Allah make it easy for all of us to forgive those who may have hurt us. And then you have, uh, subhanAllah, another hadith uh, referring to uh, uh, murders uh, are added here. Yet Allah Ta'ala looks at His creation, مُشَاحِنٍ one who bears his grudge وَقَاتِلِ nafsin, The one who committed the act of murder. So these are our hadith. Now where are they narrated? All of these hadith, uh, Shaykh Albani rahimullah himself has mentioned them in Silsila Hadith of Sahihah. And he mentions that all of these hadith are Sahih or Hasan, rigorously authenticated narrations. Many other Sahaba narrate a hadith about this night. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, Abu Ta'ala, Abu Uf bin Malik, Abdullah bin Amr ibn Aas, Abu Shashiri, Ali bin Abi Talib, Abdullah bin Umar, Uthman bin Al Aas, Aisha bin Abi Bakr. All of these hadith. So collectively, the strength of these narrations make it irrefutable that we cannot deny there is virtue for this night. Imam Mundari rahmatullah in his kitab al-targhib wa tarheeb he has an entire chapter on the virtues of this night. Imam Suyuti rahmatullah has brought over 15 ahadith in his book regarding this night. Um, so I mean I can go on and give you so many references. The po point is uh, some of the scholars, for example, the, the people, um, frankly, let me say the Salafiyya movement who follow Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimullah, uh, they may be denying this night. That's why we want to give a quotation from Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimullah. 
I'm not giving a quotation from, uh, from, you know, from any other jama'ah or group. Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah what does he write? He says, Amma Laylatun Nis. As far as the night of the 15th of Sha'ban, uh, There are many ahadith and narrations regarding its virtues. And it's narrated from many of our pious predecessors that they used to specifically worship Allah, additionally worshiping Allah in this night. So this part is established. The specific prayers of 100 uh, rakat and, and these many surahs and all of those uh, specific additional things added, that's not narrated. That's not authentic. But performing salah itself is narrated. Just praying salah individually. There's no specific jama'ah. So like tonight, we're not going to have like a whole taraweeh, right? Mock taraweeh, rehearsal, right? No. This is, uh, there's no prayer together on this night. There are hujjahs, there's dalil for it, you cannot deny it. This is Kutub of Rasail, Fatawa ibn Taymiyyah, volume 23, page 123. Volume 23, just Fatawa of ibn Taymiyyah. MashaAllah, so many volumes he has compiled. With his own Fatawa that he wrote. When he was free, when he was in jail. Combined the two, there were many volumes he wrote. Many of these scholars wrote a lot of volumes in the jail, right? SubhanAllah, that's, okay. Anyway, another occasion, Ibn Taymiyyah, rahmatullahi he writes, he was asked about praying on the 15th of Sha'ban. He said, this in volume 23, page 131. It says here, basically, the gist of what I recite in Arabic is that the night of 15th of Shaban, performing salah is established from the salaf. However, gathering together in the masajid and performing specific worship, like 100 rakat with 1,000 qurullah wahad. So basically, 10 qurullah wahad in each rakat. So you do 100 rakat, first rakat, 10 times qurullah wahad, second rakat, 10 times qurullah wahad. 1,000 qurullah wahad. This is a bid'ah, there's no, this is an innovation, right? What is an innovation? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that uh, any new thing you add that make it part of the deen, that's not part of the deen, that's a bid'ah. Kullu bid'atin dalala, this will lead to misguidance. Kullu dalalatin finna, misguidance will lead to the fire. Man ahdata fi amrina hadha, whoever creates a new practice and innovation makes it part of the deen, mali samina, which is not part of the deen, fawaraddun, it is rejected. The harm of a bid'ah is that rarely a person has a tawfiq to make tawbah from it. Because of the very simple reason that he regards it to be an act of virtue, so why would he make tawbah from something which he regards to be virtuous? Whereas a person who commits a sin and knows it's a sin, he's drinking, uh, drinking meaning drinking wine, not zamzam, right? So he regards it as sin, he knows it's a sin, so then what will happen? He will, inshallah, be a hope one day, like tonight, the, 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 because one of the people who are uh, excluded from the forgiveness are mudmin al-khamar, the one who is a habitual drunkard. He will make tawbah from his drinking wine. But the one who's engaged in a bid'ah, it's very rare. Unless the nur of ilm comes, light of knowledge removes the darkness of the bid'ah. Um, subhanallah, 
we see another quotation from Ibn Taymiyyah in his book, Iqtida Salat al-Mustaqeem, famous book. He says, Laylatun Nismin Sha'ban qad rabuya fi fadliya min al-hadith al-marfu'a wal-athar ma yaqtadi anna laylatun mufaddala. So many narrations that indicate this is a virtuous night. Wa anna min al-salaf man kana yakhussaha bi salati fiha. The previous generation, the salaf, the salihun, righteous predecessors, they will worship Allah excessively in this night. And wa sumu shahri Sha'ban qad jati ahadith sahihah. And fasting in this month also there are sahih narrations. ومن العلماء من السلف من أهل المدينة وغيرهم من الخلف من أنكر فضلها وتعانى في الأحاديث الواردة فيها أو قال لا فرق بينها وبين غيرها لكن الذي عليه كثير من أهل العلم وأكثرهم من أصحابنا وغيرهم على تفضيلها وعليه يدل النص أحمد لتعدد الأحاديث الواردة فيها. So anyway he says there are some people rejected it. Ibn Taymiyyah rahmatullah is saying but the most correct opinion where Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal that he followed, he says, they, there is a virtue in this night, etc., uh, etc. Et so, now we go on to the fuqaha, the Hanafi books, the Shafi'i books, the Hanbali books, right? I spent more time than I was uh, imagining on, uh, than I had planned on this. So, I will skip those fiqhi texts because, uh, as I said, this is not an academic discourse. It's supposed to be something for us to, uh, you know, soften our hearts, inshallah, and actually make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. One thing is that who are those individuals that we uh, are not granted maghfir on this night? That is something that we should uh, quickly go over to ensure that we do not fall in that category. Because we're talking about live, you know. It's not some discourse that will happen later. Right? When we are teaching in the madrasa, right? So you do the babu fadail al-Ramadan and you, you're doing it in Muharram because you're going through the book. <laughs> so you do the chapter when the chapter comes. You, you don't time it. Uh, and then uh, you may be doing the chapter on Hajj in, in like Safar. So, but over here, we're not just going through a book, right? We're talking about it because when is it? We're talking about tonight, like right now. These seconds that are passing are the seconds of what? Of Laylatul Nisman and Sha'ban. So we got to make sure that we are not among the category of those individuals. What, which, uh, number one, we already talked about Mushahin, the one who harbors hatred. Then we have Mudbin al-Khamar, the one who drinks. Then we have the Qatil, uh, the one who is a murderer. If anyone did that, we should make Tawbah. <laughs> There's a hadith of the murderer who killed 99, right? So a hadith of that. Then he came and he asked someone, an Abid, a great worshiper, who did not have ilm. Can Allah forgive me? So he said, you killed 99 people? How can Allah forgive you? 99 murders. So what did he do? He killed him, made it a century, 100 murders. Then somebody told him, go to an alim, the one who had ilm. And then the alim told him that, in Allah yafiru dhunuba jami'ah. Allah says, Ya ibadi alladheena asrafu ala anfusihim. O those slaves who have wronged themselves by committing dhulm upon themselves, by committing sins. La taqnatu min rahmatillah. Do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah. This is arja ayah fil Qur'an. The ayah that creates the most hope in the entire Qur'an. The ayah that creates hope the most in the Qur'an. Arja ayah fil Qur'an. Abdullah bin Masood, Abdullah bin Abbas, the scholars of Tafsir, عنهم, they have identified this ayah as an ayah that creates the most hope in the slaves. In Allah is ready to forgive all sins. But when you make your tawbah, you need to, he gave him practical advice. What did he tell him? Change your company. You're hanging around murderers, so you're going to commit more murders. Leave your gang or whatever you're involved in, move to the city of the righteous. So he made the intention to move because you need that environment. If you're going to come just on Laylatul Nisman Shaban 
or a few nights here and there, it's not going to impact your life. You have to make a long-term commitment to stay in the company of the righteous, to stay connected to the masjid. Because the barakat and hidayat from Allah Ta'ala, from the arsh and the kursi, where does it descend? Through the Bayt al-Ma'amur on the Kaaba. The source of barakah in Hidayah. And then from there, all the masajid, the mihrabs, are like the satellite dishes focused towards the Kaaba. They are aligned towards the Kaaba. So the barakah from the Kaaba comes to the masjid. And if you are attached to the masjid, then you're in the network of barakah in Hidayah. And if you're not connected with the masjid, you're not connected to the network. Then there's darkness. You're not, on, you're not connected to the grid. You need to be connected to the grid. The one is electricity grid that gives us the physical illumination in the bulbs, the light. The flow of the electrons, the electricity. And one is the flow of electrons and one is the flow of hidayah and barakah. The hidayah and barakah, subhanAllah, it's, just, it's not like you know, stretching the fact. It's the reality. That the masjid, where is the masjid, the mihrab? Where is the mihrab? Place of harb, battle. Battling the nafs and shaitan. That's why it's called the mihrab. So when you're in sajda there in the mihrab, Mihrab is from harab. Harab is battle. You're doing harab, battling against the nafs and shaitan. Because The true mujahid is the one who does jihad against the nafs. And after the jihad against the mushrikeen, when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was coming back, he said, uh, We are returning from the minor jihad to the major jihad. What is the major jihad against the nafs in the mihrab? So the maharib, the mihrabs are focused towards the Kaaba and they take the barakah and hidayah. Now the barakah and hidayah is here. It's very simple, like you want to buy gold, go to the gold market. You want to buy fish, go to the fish market. You want to go buy bread, go to the bakery. Right? So if you want to get barakah and hidayah and you're looking somewhere else other than masjid, right? And so then, then, you know, We're not fooling anyone but ourselves. Yet we perceive not. So we have to be attached to the masjid. There's no other way. And uh, Subhanallah. So we have to be attached to the masjid. That's what he told him, the murderer. Go to the city of the righteous and adopt a good company. And then he died halfway. And then the angels of mercy came and took his soul eventually after the long story because he was closer uh, to uh, the city of the righteous. So the, the, and then those who are aqul walidin disobey the parents specifically mentioned and qati rahim those who break the relations so having good relations with the family is important um qati rahim musbirul izar lower the garments over the beneath the ankles for the men for the women is supposed to be beneath the ankles but for the men lo, the lower garment is specifically mentioned in the hadith this is a sign of arrogance and rush the one who deceives others. Man ghashana falaysa minna. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw that there was a man, he had a pile of wheat, he was selling it in the market. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa put his hand inside and took his hand out and it was puffed up wheat that had moisture. And why is that significant? It's because they were selling the wheat with dry volume. Right? Kail. Nowadays we have volume too. But we have liquid volume, like a gallon, gallon of milk or a gallon of gas. So volume, unit of measure of volume, right? Uh, but uh, we don't have dry volume. We have weight. We sell by weight or by number, by counting, like a dozen eggs. You don't buy it by the weight over there, by the number. So you sell adadi by weight, by number, wazani by weight, and then there's kaili. Kaili means by dry volume. So they would have like a standard pitcher. 
they would fill it up with weed and then top it off and they say, okay, this is one picture, this is a second picture. Those pictures, we uh, study about them in hadith and fiqh, sa'a, mud, these units of measurement. So why is that significant? If it's, if it's bigger, then what's going to happen? It's going to take more space. When it takes more space, then what happens? You have less wheat. That's why I was talking about the volume. So that's how it, it affects. Where you are giving less wheat because your uh, wheat kernels are, are bigger. Less density, so it takes more space. This is what Allah Ta'ala says, للمطففين, Destruction for those who make tatfif, who decrease the weights and measures when they're selling. When they're giving out, they give less. When they're taking, they take more. They're cheating the system. So Nabi Sallallahu put his hand inside the pile of wheat, took it out and said, Oh, see, these are puffed up. You're cheating the system. The one who deceives the Muslims is not amongst us. And that is mentioned here. And Musawwir. Musawwir is specifically mentioned. The one who makes, paints pictures of animate objects. Paints pictures of animate objects. This is a hadith in Sahih Bukhari. Monday night is Bukhari night. In Sahih Bukhari, The curse of Allah on those who make pictures of living objects. So may Allah protect us from that. So these are the individuals we have to ensure we are not amongst them. And we have to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Having covered some of the technical things, let us conclude with a, on a spiritual note. Um, and anyone has further questions, we can go over all the technical stuff. Or you can send an email to Dar Salaam and we can send you all of these fatawa and all of these hadith. I believe I already spent too much time on this. But bottom line for us is why we are here. We are here to seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as uh, Yani, see what happens, just like in our homes, I concluded a few points here, uh, is that like in our homes, the dirt gathers and collects and everything, then it reaches a particular threshold, right? And then we say, man, it's, it's too dirty. So it's like the spring cleaning time. Then you take out every, you know, you do your daily cleaning in the kitchen uh, and, you know, take out the trash every week. But like deep cleaning, like spring cleaning. Empty out the garage, empty out all the closets, fix everything up. Then a time will come and then it will all slowly, slowly, but surely it get messed up again. Then you have to go back and clean it. So likewise, uh, subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us this month of, uh, uh, of Ramadan that's coming. And this month of Ramadan is an amazing, amazing, amazing month of Allah that Allah has given us as a gift because He is giving us different, different excuses to call us back towards Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to come back towards Him and He wants to forgive us. He really, really loves to forgive us. Allah, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that, or the, actually this is a poem, a po- the poet said that Allahu yaghdabu in tarakta su'alahu. Allah becomes angry when you stop begging from him. And the son of Adam, if you continually ask him, he will become angry. Adam means small son of Adam. If you continue asking him for help, what will happen? He may help you once or twice, but then he'll say, you know, uh, why are you annoying me all the time? Figure it out. You know, I can't always be there for you. Adam, son of Adam, if you ask him, he gets angry. And Allah becomes angry as well. When If you stop begging from him. He loves to forgive so much, he loves to forgive so much that Allahu Akbar, he went so far as to say, you have to be careful about this one, don't misinterpret the following hadith. Disclaimer, do not misinterpret the following hadith. But he said that if you would not commit sins and seek forgiveness from me, 
hypothetically, if you are innocent. That's the end of it, right? You don't have to worry about it. Who's innocent here? No one's innocent. But hypothetically, if you were innocent, and you had no sins to ask forgiveness for, and you didn't ask me for forgiveness, why? Because you don't have any sins. And I don't have an opportunity to forgive you. Then I love forgiving so much. I love forgiving so much. That what would I do? I would change you with another nation. And they would not be like you. What would they do? They would commit sins. Then they would ask forgiveness from me. So then I would have the opportunity to forgive them. The point of this story is, uh, not the story, but this hadith is, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to forgive so much. Doesn't have to mean like, thank God I'm giving Allah what He loves and I'm going to commit more sins. Right? That would be a very wrong mis- uh, interpretation of this hadith. Na'udhu billahi min zalik. But as, as I said, we don't have to worry about that. We already have enough sins that we have to make tawbah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also said, Kullu bani Adam Every son of Adam is a sinner. And the best of the sinners are those who repent from their sins. The one who does repent from his sin, is like the one who has no sin. And Allah is looking forward to forgive us. He becomes happy. And there is one hadith that I have mentioned many times. And every time I mention it, I say that no matter how many times we mention this hadith, it still uh, does not uh, stop amazing me. Every single time I mention it, it amazes me. Every single time I mention it, it amazes me. That Nabi was a very busy man, he had a lot of things to do, yet he went to what? Such great lengths to give such a long, detailed example, just to prove how much Allah is happy to forgive us. So if you heard me saying this before, the regular crowd, you know which hadith I'm talking about. And if you don't know which one I'm talking about, then you know, we have to start paying attention, frankly. I've said this so many times, this hadith. But as I say, it's a reminder for myself every time does not cease to amaze me. And since I'm repeating hadith that I've said many times, let me remind you of something of one of our mashayikh, he said, that when we hear a hadith for the 1,000th time, if you have 1% less respect and reverence and attention we pay to that hadith compared to when we heard it for the very first time, then we'll be deprived of the nura of making amal on that hadith. So every single time you should have that level of respect for the hadith of a person will be mahroom, deprived of the tawfiq, of the nur, of amal on a hadith of Rasulullah if he has less respect for it. It's not a matter of whether you know it or not, it's a matter of how much we are implementing it. So the knowledge is there, but the implementation is not there. So there's a hadith, Rasulullah could have just said, guess what, Allah loves it when you forgive, when you turn to Him. Allah loves it when you repent. That's the end of the hadith. That's sufficient. He told us, that's it. We take his word. He's Asaqul Sadiqeen. He's the, best, the most truthful of those who are truthful from amongst the creation, after Allah. But uh, he didn't just say that. He wanted to give an example. The length of the example is significant. Like how far he's going to explain. He said, imagine there's a traveler. Think about it, there's a traveler. You have to literally live the experience. There's a traveler. Huh? 1400 years ago, he's traveling with his camel in the desert. He's traveling out there. And all the sources of his life, his provisions are on the back of that camel. Uh, and now in the middle of the desert, there's no rest areas, there's no cell phones, there's no 911, there's no SOS, save our ship or save my uh, camel, save my life. Nothing. And he goes and he takes a rest and takes a nap. He ties his camel, but then the camel escapes and the camel runs away. So when he wakes up, he looks and he says, oh my God, there's no camel. 
So he searches ahead and behind and the right and the left in all directions and he comes to the conclusion that I cannot find my camel. So what happens? Did he lose his camel? Yes. But along with that, what else did he lose? He lost his camel, he lost his life. He lost his wife, he lost his children. He'll never see his beautiful children again, never see his loved ones, never see his homeland, never see his watan. He lost his wealth, he lost his savings, he lost everything near and dear to him because life is over, he lost everything. So then, uh, literally he's like, that's it, what's the point of overexertion? I want to die from dehydration first and then after, you know, you don't even die from starvation, you'll die from dehydration. Because he's gonna, his water is gonna, you know, that's it. He's gonna get dehydrated very soon in the sun of the desert. And why should I, you know, so um, run around, so let me just lay down. This part is in the hadith, that he just lays down and then he closes his eyes. He said, that's it, I'm gonna wait. Now these uh, vultures, they're ajib creation of Allah. They come and they sit down, but then they what? They wait for the body to die. You know, because they're not predators, they're scavengers. So only when the body is dead, then they start eating the body. Right? Lick the bones dry. So this guy, imagine, the vultures are already sitting there around him. But they're just waiting patiently. Just like you wait for the like waiting for the adhan of the iftar. Ruhafza and dates, everything is there. But why are you waiting? When the Muslim called Azan, you will eat. So these vultures, what are they waiting? When he starts reading, they will eat. Allah. Can you imagine the scene? He looks at the vulture, he's like, wait a second, let me die. <laughs> so when he is in that situation, then he hears a sound. And he looks up, and what does he see? He sees a camel. Which camel? Not some random stray wild camel. His camel. And he grabs the rope. What did he just get back? He got his camel, he got his wife, he got his life, he got his children, he got his wealth, he got his homeland, he got everything back. He has another chance. He's so exhilarated, so happy. Now, Nabi Sallallahu could have stopped here, right? The, you know, the, the final nail you know, in the coffin or the final straw that breaks the back of the camel is the last part, the punchline. Yani, he went so far to explain how happy Allah is, but then the last part is the part is so crazy, so amazing. He says, Nabi Sallallahu said, you know how happy this guy is? Everyone's like, yeah, we get it, he's super happy. No, 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 you don't understand. He's very happy. He's so happy that he ends up praising Allah, thanking Allah. But he makes such a mistake. He makes such a mistake that is such an impossible mistake to make. I would say someone who's drunk or someone who's high on drugs, he cannot make such a mistake. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wanted to say, this person is so overcome with excitement and happiness that he says, Alhamdulillah, oh praise and thanks to you, oh Allah, anta abdi, you are my slave, wa ana rabbuka, and I am your Lord. Does he mean that? No. He's not, it's not a kalima of kufr. It's a mistake he makes because of the level of happiness that he ended up not realizing what he said. You know, just like in the court of law, they say a moment, you know, Temp uh, temporarily insane, committed, you know, temporary insanity led to the murder and he wants to get out from death penalty or life imprisonment. He says, I was insane. I didn't know what happened. I didn't know what I did. This person is literally insane with happiness that he made such a mistake. Who is giving this example? Rasulullah Then he said, do you have any idea how happy he is? Wow, he's very happy that he made such a mistake. Guess what? Allah is more happy that person, when a sinful slave turns towards him in repentance. Now, Nabi Wasallam is going so far, breaking it down to explain to us, and if it still does not move us, 
I don't know. فَلَا يَلُومَنَّ إِلَّا نَفْسَهُ Cannot blame anyone but yourself. ثُمَّ قَصَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ The hearts have become so rusted. فَيَكَ الْحِجَارَةِ They're like the rocks. Oh, شَدَّ قَسْوَةِ No, no, no. Allah says they are more hard than the rocks. Because وَإِنَّ مِنَ الْحِجَارَةِ لَمَا يَتَشَقَّقُ مِنْهُ الْأَنْهَارِ Because from the rocks and the mountains, sometimes the mountain springs gush forth. But these hearts have become so hard that no tear comes from the eyes. Nothing is moving this heart. رَانَ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ مَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ The sins have rusted the heart all the way through and through. So that is what our pitiful condition. They came to Hassan Basri and said, Ya Hassan Basri, please, Idna, give us advice that we are sleeping in ghafla and we can wake up from our slumber. He said, if you were sleeping, I could wake you up, but you are dead, how can I revive the dead? كَذَلِكَ يُحِي اللَّهُ الْمَوْتَى Allah can only revive the dead. So may Allah Ta'ala revive our dead hearts. And anyone is at a higher level, may Allah awaken our sleeping hearts. Some are dead and some are sleeping. We have to become revived and we have to become alive. And this is the time to ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. So Allah Ta'ala is giving us this Ramadan. Then Allah has given us a Laylatul Nisman Shaban tonight to prepare for that day. If it was a random night, random Monday night, trust me for the Bukhari there, I would not have seen all of you. Some Mubarak face in the front I see all the time. But why are you here frankly? Because the Laylatul Nisman Shaban. Guess what? That's Allah's plan. That's why Allah gave us this night, to prep two weeks before the event. Just like um, Ibn Rajah Hanbali mentioned, this is not an original thought, he mentioned it in, uh, in his Lataif al-Ma'arif. He says that just like we have the Sunnah before the Farad, what's the purpose of Sunnah before the Farad? It's like the ramp on the highway. It's, it's prepping you. It's like the stretches before the exercise. So you spiritually are stretching before you get into the main game. You are ramp you're increasing the speed the velocity of the, more, uh, of the vehicle increases on the ramp to get to join the Interstate Highway 355. So likewise, the Sunnah is to speed up. So then you're spiritually focused to enter the Farad. So likewise, the fast of Sha'ban is to prepare you for Ramadan. So you hit the ground running in Ramadan. And we start planning from tonight about Ramadan. It's not just about tonight, it's about making this Ramadan the best Ramadan ever. That may sound so cheesy and like, yeah, right, best Ramadan ever. Yeah, it has to be. If you don't want to make it the best Ramadan ever, it's never going to be the best Ramadan ever. And it has to be. Every year, in fact, every day, we should hope that this day will be the best day ever. That's how a mu'min thinks positively. So let us make this the best Ramadan by making this the best Nisim in Sha'aban. And make our plans and make our azaim, make our intentions. How much tilawah are we going to do? How much sadaq are we going to give? How much are we going to seek forgiveness from Allah? Ask others to forgive us. We forgive others. Clarify our accounts with, our, with the fellow creation. Clarify our accounts with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our teacher, Mawlana Sulaiman Chuksi, Hafizahullah, one day he came into class and we got very scared that day. And he was, in general, had a lot of ru'ab. And ru'ab means the type of awe. I don't want to say he would inspire fear, but he would inspire awe. Like Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had awe as well. Nusirtu bir ru'ab. He had that ru'ab. So he came and said, Who is ready to die today? So everyone got shocked what, what type, what's going on for the sake of the recording as well, online, whatever. Nothing, no violence in this story. So he said, So everyone got shocked, like, what is he talking about? Then he said, you know what? He said, Allah Ta'ala says, nobody raised their hand. Like, who's ready? Everyone's shocked. Like, what are you supposed to say? What's the correct answer to that question? So they were confused. We were confused. So then he said, that, look, since the time I became Baligh, First he gave the disclaimer, وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ 
Allah Ta'ala says, the blessings of your Lord, you should enumerate them. So he said, Tahdithan bin Ni'mah, mentioning the favor of Allah upon me, from the time you came Balig, I never missed one salah. And uh, there's no salah qada. Balance of prayers due to Allah, zero. Never made one fast qada. Never missed one zakat. Did my hajj. Uh, and I do not owe one cent to any creation. Any human being, ikpaya, meaning one cent. I don't owe anyone one cent. Right. So, anamuntadirun. I am in. I'm waiting eagerly. Shasham bara. My eyes are on the path. Shasham bara. Shasham is the eyes in Farsi. Ra is the path. So mm-hmm. eyes are on the path, meaning you're looking. Wait. What are you looking? Who you're waiting for? Arrival of the beloved. Which beloved? Angel of death. Shasham bara. My eyes are on the path, looking. When is the angel of death coming? And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Death is the gift of the believer. Yusirul Habib ilal Habib. It allows the lover to meet his beloved. Almautu Jasrun. Death is the bridge that allows the lover to reach his beloved. So this is this is how we are supposed to be. Looking forward for when the time will come. Bilal was on his deathbed, his wife said, Wa karba, wa karba. Oh, agony, oh pain. Because she will become a widow. So he said, No, wa tarba, wa tarba. He grabbed her hand and said, well, Don't say wa karba, say wa tarba, wa tarba. Oh, happiness, oh joy. Tomorrow I shall meet my beloved ones, Muhammad and his companions. So we should be preparing for death, right? And this is the time. How many people were with us last Ramadan? They're not here. How many people were last in Shaban? They're not here. We get all the announcements for the janazas on the WhatsApp groups, right? And other, we hear about how many people are dying. So we have this opportunity now, let's grab it. Today will be, you know, let's plan tomorrow is going to be what? The best day. Uh, it's the first day of the rest of your life. It's the first day of the rest of your life. Which day? Tomorrow. Sometimes we wish you could go back. Oh man, I wish I could turn the clock back. I wish it could be the first day of the academic year. I'm failing in the exam, final exam. Or I wish I could be the first day of my marriage because I'm failing in my marriage. Or I wish it could be the first day when it became Baligh because I made it so many sins. But tomorrow is the first day. First day of the rest of your life. So we can make the rest of our life the best. And guess what? The ending is what counts. Ali'atibaru bil khawatim. What counts is the ending. So let's make the ending. The ending is ahead of us. Allahumma ja'al akhira a'marina. Uh, oh Allah, make the ending of our life خيرها, the best. Be- ending of uh, last of our amal, ahsana, the best. So, inshallah, we ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we beg from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what should we do practically? We have to, you know, as the investor, um, subhanallah, the financial investor says, don't put all your eggs in one basket. So, there's a number of things to do. You should make some tilaw of the Quran. Reciting the Quran is the best form of dhikr. Then some salawat. Salawat softens the heart. Salawat draws the mercy of Allah. Salawat has whole kitab of fadail of salawat. All the fadail. Then we have istighfar. Seek forgiveness from Allah for the sins. Then we have subhanallah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, la hula wa la qutila billah. Praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, then we make dua for ourselves, dua for the ummah. Then we give some sadaqah. Then we make sure we perform eight rakat tahajjud minimum. These are the simple practices that was going to be put on the, on the screen after I conclude this so that we can ensure that we get all of these done. These few things. So how much, people say how much? As I said, there's no tahdeed. 1,000, qulullah had 100 rakats. But 
at the bare minimum, we can recite 100 times. 100 times salawat. Which salawat? If, if you have time, the best one is Zurud Ibrahim. The one we recite in salah. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallaita ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid Allahumma barik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama barata ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid that is one now everyone over here is used to the sallallahu ala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is two right that's why we get the 10 million salawat right but or no I think it's like 70 million or whatever it is so the thing is that, that that's fine but tonight let's, let's go with the let's go with the Cadillac let's go with the top one which is the top one the Zurud Ibrahim. And then, uh, and then we have some other istighfar. Astaghfirullah Rabbi. Astaghfirullah Ladi. La ilaha illa huwa al hayyul qayyum. Min kulli dhambin. Wa atubu ilayh. So this is a beautiful istighfar. And subhanAllah, the third, what we know as, what we call the people, yeah, tisra kalama. I already explained the whole tisra kalama incident. Right? How many kalamas in Islam? One kalima, la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. So the third kalima that's, that's commonly termed because there was some space at the end of the Qaeda, Baghdadi. So he wrote like first, like first point, second point, third point. So he wrote six different duas. That became the six kalimat, which became the six kalimas of Islam. But there's how many kalimas in Islam? One kalima, la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. So what is popularly known as the third kalima is actually a dua, a dhikr, subhanallah. So we can maybe cover the tafsir of that, those kalimat at some stage. But whatever understanding we do have, we should use that and think about that. SubhanAllah, Allah is pure from all defects. From a beginning and an end. From a weight and being measured by time and space. Nothing changes Allah. He's the creator of time and space. And after he created time and space, it's the same as he was before creating time and space. So time and space do not confine him. Subhanallah. Laysa kamislihi shay. None of the creation is like unto him. Mustajmi' li jami'i sifat al-kamal. He incorporates all the beautiful attributes. Munazza' an al-taghayyir wa nuqsan wa zawal. He's pure from change and deficiency and decrease in any of his attributes. Subhanallah. He's pure. That's the takhliya. Declaring the purity of Allah. Walhamdulillah. Is tahliya. Declaring the purity of Allah. Declaring that he is worthy of all praise. Wa la ilaha illallah. Therefore, there's no one worthy to worship besides him. And he's the greatest, Allahu Akbar. And no power and might can stop us from his disobedience and bring us unto his obedience except the tawfiq from Allah. La hawla anil ma'asiyah. Wa la quwata illa ta'ati illa bi tawfiq min Allah al-Aliyya al-Azim. So we recite this. Then recite the Quran. Make eight rakat, insha'Allah, tahajjud. And please remember all of us in our du'as. And we make du'a to Allah Ta'ala. Allah mubarakna fi rajab wa sha'ban wa balighna Ramadan. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأهوال والآفات صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأهوال والآفات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وترفعنا بها عندك أعلى الدرجات وتبلغنا بها أفصل غايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة وبعد الممات إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات إنك سميع قريب مجيب الدعوات 
اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم احفظ الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم واخذل من خذل دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا تجعلنا منهم لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم والحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم لا تدع لنا في مقامنا هذا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا همبا إلا فرجته ولا كربا إلا نفسته ولا دينا إلا قضيته ولا مريضا إلا شفيته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين اللهم إنا عبيدك بنو عبيدك بنو إمائك نواصينا بيدك ماض فينا حكمك عدن فينا قضاءك نسألك اللهم بكل اسم هو لك سميت به نفسك أو علمته أحدا من خلقك أو استأثرت به في علم الغيب عندك سميت به نفسك أو أنزلته في كتابك أو علمته أحدا من خلقك أو استأثرت به في علم الغيب عندك أن تجعل القرآن العظيم ربيع قلوبنا وجلاء أحزاننا وذهاب همومنا وغمومنا وقائدنا إلى جناتك جنات النعيم اللهم إنا نسألك من الخير كله عاجله وآجله ما علمنا منه وما لم نعلم ونعوذ بك من الشر كله عاجله وآجله ما علمنا منه وما لم نعلم اللهم إنا نسألك إيمانا كاملا اللهم إنا نسألك إيمانا كاملا اللهم إنا نسألك إيمانا كاملا ويقينا صادقا وتوبة نصوحا وتوبة قبل الموت وراحة عند الموت ومغفرة بعد الموت راحة عند الموت ومغفرة بعد الموت راحة عند الموت ومغفرة بعد الموت والعفو عند الحساب والفوز بالجنة والفوز بالجنة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والنجاة من النار والنجاة من النار اللهم أعتق رقابنا ورقاب آبائنا وأمهاتنا وأولادنا وأقاربنا ومشائخنا من النار اللهم أعتق رقابنا من النار اللهم أجرنا من النار اللهم أجرنا من النار اللهم أجرنا من النار يا مجير يا مجير يا مجير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما رب اغفر لي ولوالدي ولمن دخل بيتي مؤمنا وللمؤمنين والمؤمنات رب ارحمهما كما رب يعني صغيرا 
رب رحمهما كما ربياني صغيرا رب رحمهما كما ربياني صغيرا رب جعلني مقيم الصلاة ومن ثريتي ربنا وتقبل دعاء ربنا اغفر لي ولوالدي وللمؤمنين يوم يقوم الحساب اللهم اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من كل بلاء الدنيا وعذاب الآخرة Oh Allah, forgive this gathering, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Forgive those brothers and sisters on site and those online, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, they have come out in such large numbers on this blessed night seeking your forgiveness. Oh Allah, oh Allah, oh Allah, grant us all your maghfirah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. On this day, grant us bara'a min al-nar, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, grant us the correct understanding of the deen to recognize those virtuous nights as virtuous and to avoid those that are bid'at and innovations, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, oh Allah, oh Allah. You are the creator of time and space and you are the only one who has authority to declare some nights and some places and some days, some months uh, and some uh, geographic locations as more virtuous than others. As you have said, Allah, You are the creator and you are the one who has authority to select and grant honor to whom you wish, to whichever thing you wish. مَا كَانَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَارَ No one else has this authority. O oh Allah, through these ahadith we have studied and read together, we see that you have granted virtue to this night. O oh Allah, do not deprive us of the virtue of this night, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allah was to spend in the best manner pleasing to you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, so many years of our lives have gone by in your ghafla, in heedlessness, in your disobedience. Whatever blessing you gave us, we used it in disobeying you. O oh Allah, you granted us the blessing of our eyes, we used the eyes in your disobedience. You granted us the blessing of their ears, we used it in your disobedience. You granted us the blessing, O oh Allah, of our hands and our feet and the energy and our intellect, we used them in your disobedience. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, the wealth and the health and the family, all of these blessings, we, instead of being thankful and using in your obedience, we use them in your disobedience. Forgive us all of our sins, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Both our major and our minor, those committed in the open day light, and those committed in the darkness of the night. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, grant us, O oh Allah, istiqama on our tawbah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allow this upcoming month of Ramadan to be the best Ramadan ever, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allow us to fulfill the rights of the Quran, the rights of Ramadan. O oh Allah, O oh Allah. Allow us to strengthen our hearts with the Qur'an, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, those that are sick amongst us, grant us shifa through the Qur'an. Those that have fear, grant us hope through the Qur'an. O Allah, those that are feeling cowardice, grant them courage through the Qur'an. O Allah, O Allah, those that are suffering from poverty, grant us richness through the Qur'an. O Allah, O Allah, the cure for all of our diseases you have granted us in your book. O Allah, O Allah, grant us the, uh, the cure for all of our sicknesses and the solution to all of our problems through your book, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, this is Ramadan, Ramadan, in which the Quran is revealed. O oh Allah, allow us to strengthen our relationship with your kalam, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, grant us istiqamah and iman. 
Protect us and our children and grant us all khatima bil khair, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Safeguard the iman of our women and our children and our progeny in this country, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, the Muslims throughout the world that are suffering, grant them relief from the suffering. Those from the human warfare and those from the natural disasters. O Allah, from the earthquakes and the, O Allah, all of the other, O Allah, horrific tragedies that are unfolding globally. O Allah, grant them sabr, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, make this suffering a means of forgiveness of their sins and elevations of their status. And do not test us like you have tested them, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, O Allah, continue the blessings of peace and stability and security and safety and, and prosperity upon us, Ya Rabbil Alameen, and upon the rest of the Muslim Ummah. O Allah, O Allah, O Allah, protect our masajid, madaris, our institutes of da'wah and learning and teaching and, and mashayikh and dhikr and all the efforts of deen, protect them, preserve them, allow them to work together in harmony, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, accept this masjid, this madrasa, and make it a minara of nur, and allow us to remain strong and steadfast in the sunnah and understanding of the pious predecessors, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Do not allow us, O oh Allah, O oh Allah, to change their ways with the modern trends, and allow us to combat them and to stand firm on the Quran and sunnah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, continue to keep us under your guidance, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Do not let us uh, go astray, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma thabbitna ala sirat al-mustaqeem. Sirat al-ladheena anamta alayhi min al-nabiyyeen wa siddiqeen wa shuhadai wa salihin ghayr al-maghdubi alayhim wa al-dhaadina ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min kulli ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhbika min kulli sharrin ista'adak minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-alayhi al-azim. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yusifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Alhamdulillahi wa barakatuh. InshaAllah we can continue with our individual ibadah. May Allah accept. And let us all forgive one another. And I personally seek forgiveness on behalf of myself and whole Darussalam family from the rest of the entire ummah, those present, those online. Let us ask all our family members to forgive each other as well. Jazakumullah khair.